if you don't have a story and you don't have a true ROI and a value picture painted for your customer, then you're doing them a disservice. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. I am your host, Jeff Tun. It seems like I say this for every episode, but we have had some incredible guests on this show, and today is no exception. I'm very excited to be joined by Brad Fruth, the Information Systems Manager for Bex Hybrids. Farming, agriculture, not industries that scream digital nor transformation. However, the work that Brad and others are doing are truly disrupting their industry. Brad, welcome to the show. To kick things off, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and about Bex? Sure. Thank you very much, Jeff, for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to speak with you guys. Um, so as Jeff mentioned, uh, my name is Brad Fruth. I'm the Information Systems Manager here at Bex Hybrids. I've been uh, very blessed to be part of this organization here for 14 years. Uh, started with Bex right out of college at Purdue and joined the organization, uh, I think, as employee number 68 back about 15 years ago. Our business has seen some pretty uh, expansive growth here. What started out as a department of two uh, is now almost a department of uh, 30 individuals. So lots and lots of growth. As I mentioned, I think I started out as employee number 68 here at Bex Hybrids. We are now uh, pushing 700 employees. So have had a great time here as I've kind of grown up in the organization. I guess I don't know anything other than agriculture and Bex Hybrids, but uh, really, really like and love the opportunities that I've had here. We are an independent uh, family-owned company, so that has been a lot of fun as we have grown through the last 15 years here. So that's a little bit about, about my background. So one of the things that we talked about when we first uh, started talking about doing this podcast to, together, Brad, was uh, the the fact that uh, you guys that work for Bex are farmers yourself. Talk a little bit about that part of your history and your background and how that applies to the work that you're doing now at Bex. Sure. You know, it's, it's a funny story of how I came to Bex, but I think when you look at agriculture, traditionally, we've been really good in ag about recruiting those folks that um, have an ag background, might have been involved in 4-H or FFA growing up. You know, we've been really good at recruiting those agricultural sciences, the agronomists, the plant breeders. What we've traditionally or what we've been trying to get better at is more of the technologies, marketing folks in in uh, ag. So, you know, my my background, I knew about Bex hybrids. I knew her, who they were, but uh, never dreamt that I would end up in agriculture. I do reside, as you mentioned, I reside in Miami County uh, in northern Indiana. 
My mom's family farm is where we live now. I've got four girls that we are uh, raising there on the farm, and my family is involved in row crops and raising hogs. So a lot of the individuals that we have in kind of the non-ag space, whether you work in accounting or marketing or sales or IT, a lot of us have you know either family farms, we grew up on a farm, uh, our grandparents had a farm. I think that's a big differentiator uh, where we're not only you know, working in our own vertical, but we also know exactly what our customers are going through. We know the pain that they're going through right now with the depressed commodity market. We um, have the exact same challenges that our customers have on our own farms. You know, as I as I leave my quote unquote day job at 630 and go home to, you know, feed hogs at my own place or to work with 4-H animals or to go ride in the combine or, um, you know, go help scout fields or run drones. You know, we have the exact same needs on our own farm that we do here at the business. So at Bex, the kind of the slogan is we're farmers at heart. And I think that rings true that a lot of us have that personal connection to, to agriculture. I, I think that's great. And one of the things that, that you've talked about in the past is that is that you do have a seat at that table, that proverbial table where you're helping to drive the business. Uh, so was that the way it always was? Or did you have to really work to get technology uh, at the table? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. You know, at Bex, being a growth company, if we look back many, many years ago when we first started, it was kind of a little bit about survival. When you're in a growing company and you don't exactly know what's around the next corner, what the next expansion is, you learn to be extremely agile. Um, you learn to buy good scalable systems. And you know, as I look back on the last 14 years or 15 years, there's a lot of things that we kind of look at and, you know, it wasn't intentional uh, with the decisions that we were making. It was a kind of about survival. And one of the things that the company has always done is trusted us with that. And so when we come to the table and say, you know, we have a large infrastructure project or we have a people need, they know that it's real. Uh, now, our side of the business, or rather the, the IT's responsibility in that, is that we have to be accountable for what we're doing. So I'm very proud to say that in our in our history here with our group of people that we've assembled is that the business has never had to wait on us. So they could do a market expansion into a territory. We could do infrastructure projects. So that's kind of what earned us that seat at the table was that we were agile and flexible. Now with that, you're, sometimes you're not always the cheapest. Some of the capital projects that we've done, it's, hey, we need to invest into this architecture or infrastructure to lay the groundwork for expansion, not necessarily knowing what that top end is, but just knowing that we will grow and we're going to have to be able to support that. So, you know, they have uh, trusted us with that. That gives us a seat at the table. But the second part of that is our accountability to the businesses. We have to deliver and be super transparent about what we're doing. So that's the that's the level of trust that I think we have built with the family. And you know, a lot of our uh, leadership here, especially in IT, has been here for a number of years. So we really have that relationship with the owners and the relationship with the business. So they know that if we go and ask for 
for something large. It's not just because we want an ice cream machine in the data center. It's that we're supporting the business and allowing them to make decisions in the boardroom and not have to worry about, do I have the IT system to support that? They know that we're going to come through with our part of the deal. So given your history with the organization, you've seen a tremendous amount of transformation, not only in the business, but within within technology itself. Um, what did that look like 15 years ago versus what it looks like today? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. If you look back at the paradigm shifts that we've seen in IT, you know, when I first started here, it was about just business systems, just keep the file servers on, keep the email going, you know, let people print 5 million pages a day, just kind of be here to support that. But as I mentioned, as you build agile, scalable systems, then you start to kind of creep into business. So as we've kind of gone from the business system to, to now, hey, can we use these systems to drive value to our customer? then that kind of perception, you know, changes. So a lot of the systems that we use internally, our customers can also take advantage of that. So one thing that I didn't mention here at Bex Hybrids is we we produce all the seed corn that we sell. And how that is unique is that we have our own farming operation here to grow the seed corn that we're going to sell to farmers. So literally we're farming the exact same way, now with some differences in seed corn, that our customers are. So when you look at what does our business need to support it? Well, they need an agronomy system. They need a way to track inventory. We need a way to turn ROI per field. We need to have you know efficient methods. Those are the exact same things that our customers are going through. So what, what we've seen in the last five years is this um, shift now to what's kind of called precision ag or digital agriculture to where now you have large information systems to help support these farming operations. So that's where we kind of became a from a, a business system to a business driver is that a lot of the systems that we had, our customer could take advantage of that. So that's the value that we can bring to our customer is when we already need this system internally. Let me just expose it to you. Let me scale it up a, a little bit. And now there's further value that could be extracted from the customer side. So now from being just somebody that keeps the lights on, these systems are not only driving our own business, but we're delivering more value to the customer through those applications. I, th- I think that is a great point, Brad, because when it, when it gets right down to the heart of, of digital transformation, it really is changing that customer experience and enabling technology to help the customer get more value out of what you're doing. So yeah, now I, I, I would like to kind of interject something here. Yeah, Jeff. yeah. One thing I would say that the industry and the industry, I mean, Bex and Precision Agriculture is that, you know, four or five years ago, when a lot of this tech boomed, we were at a pretty high commodity market. So margins were really high on at the farm level. Farmers had extra income. They were driving new pickup. Uh, they were driving new pickup trucks. Um, but what we didn't do very well was we there was some tech just for the sake of tech. And so as as you look at the commodity market now falling, one of the things that I like about that is that it really 
it, it insists that people hone in. And so you can deliver pretty maps, you can deliver pretty pictures, but if you don't have a story and you don't have a true ROI and a value picture painted for your customer, then you're doing them a disservice. And so um, you really have to be focused on delivering and defining that value for the customer. It can't be tech for the sake of tech. You really have to be delivering tangible value to you to your customer and 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 i'll be honest the industry wasn't that good five years ago we are now because we went through a contraction in the uh, market so and and you had to squeeze the value out right i mean you had to right you have to to be be able to show that yeah your customer is going to tell you to go take a hike they don't want pretty pictures they want they need value from us which is why they're doing business with us they need value from us to help them in in a tight market well, and I think one of the examples that you've talked about before, uh, Brad, is uh, weather maps. Right. So talk a little bit about weather maps because that's something that's familiar to everybody. But how do you how do you differentiate? How do you drive value to the farmer uh, with that type of technology? Yeah. So one of the arguments that we've had internally. So we have a digital ag platform called Farm Server here, and the goal of it is to bring together all the precision ag data that a farmer has from all the different sources and aggregate it to take advantage of that with an analytics platform. And so one of the things when a lot of people first came to market, we had this argument internally of well, we have to have weather data, which at the time was you know weather radar, uh, precipitation maps you know, your standard four maps that you get from weather.com. Well, the argument is that people aren't going to come to Bex Hybrid's website to get weather data. There are literally thousands of websites out there that for free will deliver weather data. We have to decide what we are good at and the value we can extract from it. So we got rid of all of our weather maps and the weather data, we still ingest weather data, but the weather data that we that, that we use right now is looking at the whole crop and telling you rainfall. Um, what is the soil moisture content? Uh, how many GDUs are you away from flowering and planting the relevant data around monitoring your crop in season and looking at it as an aggregate. That's where the value is. And that's why people are going to come to farm server and come to Bex is to monitor my crop in season with the seed that we sold them. They're not going to come to find out how much it rained yesterday. You can get that from your local TV station. So those are the decisions and the things that we've had to have those hard talks on that. Yes, it might be cool, Uh, But there's literally zero value for our customer in delivering that product. The real value is aggregating it with their planting data, with their harvest data, with the scouting notes, with their drone data. That's the power of that, not just going to see, is it going to rain tomorrow? Okay, you, you said the magic word, drones. Uh, uh, a previous <laughs> guest that we had on this program was Lou Lindsay, uh, who's doing some unique things at Indiana University. And I know you guys worked together on a, on a project there at Bex related to the Internet of Things Laboratory in Fishers, Indiana. So talk to, talk to us about IoT and agriculture and some of the things that you're doing around that and the data that you're able to provide to your farmers. Sure. So we um, are a huge supporter of the Indy IoT Lab and think that they're doing some amazing things down there. And through that partnership, got to meet Lou. And one of the things that we've kind of uh, found and are trying to address is, as I mentioned earlier, is this divide between agriculture and kind of traditional IT. 
So one of the things that we've been trying to do is how do we educate the IT community and how can we educate people that, number one, agriculture is extremely high tech and that a lot of the problems that you see in, in other verticals where it's IT, manufacturing, healthcare, we have those same challenges. And so how can we help to bridge agriculture and traditional IT? So that's why we got involved with some of these organizations. Just like my story about weather data, we think that there's huge value in monitoring in-crop, in-season. So this would be IoT, this would be weather stations, moisture sensors, uh, soil data, satellite imagery, drones. We, we think that there's value in that. And so I think it's our job as, uh, as an organization to take those technologies in and kind of vet them. And as I mentioned about value, we need to, we need to kind of sift them and find out where the fluff is and who's actually delivering true value to the grower. And then obviously, how can we aggregate that and through our platform deliver further insights? So uh, we're doing quite a bit with those uh, folks. We did a project with Lou, kind of a capstone project with some of his grad students last year where we gave them a problem that we don't really have an answer for. And what was very fascinating is his group of uh, students had never been on a farm. We literally had to explain what row crop farming was. We show them what a sprayer, a planter, why we plant in 30-inch rows, 15-inch rows, and gave them a project. And we were absolutely blown away in six weeks when you have somebody from outside of your vertical that doesn't have any preconceived notion, that doesn't come to the table knowing exactly what kind of planter they would pull, what seed they would put in just has really an open mind and really dug in for six weeks and came up with some absolutely phenomenal use cases that we would have never done had I taken a team and we locked ourselves in a hotel room for three weeks. So, you know, that I think is what I will also say I really enjoy right now about the Indiana tech ecosystem is that we really are starting to get a melting pot of all these uh, verticals. And I think that there's going to be some exciting stuff come on the horizon from that. I think, I think you, you, you nailed it there when you were talking about the students who had never seen it before. And that really plays into a lot of it organizations. We, we tend uh, at least in the past, IT has tended to put themselves behind uh, locked doors in their data center. Very rarely do they go out and be a part of the business, and even more rarely do they go see the customer. I, I can remember my first CIO role was for a commercial real estate developer, and the first thing somebody told me was, you got to remember two things, hard hat and muddy boots. If you don't have a hard hat and your boots aren't muddy, there isn't anybody that's going to listen to you. And my guess is uh, because you guys are farmers yourselves, you've come up that way. Um, and when you bring in these new projects, you introduce them to, to the field. You get out in the field. That's got to really help drive what it is you're trying to accomplish in, with your projects. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think it's a mix and a blend. So I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but you need that experience. You need those people that know the customer and know the problem, but there are, you know, you do need a blend of folks that they know nothing about it and that they can think creatively about it. And you can test those ideas and say, you know, what if we did 
eight inch rows. And it's like, hey, great idea. Someone did that 10 years ago. It's it's not really practical. Or, you know, somebody might then say, hey, what if we flew a drone backwards with this thing duct tape on it? And you're like, <laughs> hey, you know what? That just that just might work. So I think it's a blend of these, but we definitely, I think, have an edge up on our competition where our IT folks just, uh, you know, and our data and dev folks aren't just sitting in a room back here. They do have the opportunity to go out and learn it, uh, live it if they choose and really immerse themselves in it. One of the interesting things I think that is occurring right now in our space is, as I mentioned, there was this new thing called digital ag. Well, it's not becoming like agriculture and digital ag. It is really digital ag now is agriculture. And so if, if you are a farmer and you're growing um, and you're investing in this technology, you're going to be around. Um, if you're not, if you're fighting it um, and you're not becoming more efficient and you're not using digital tools, you're probably going to become irrelevant pretty quickly. And we see that true as our business, too, that, you know, you have to keep driving. We have to keep innovating and um, we have to keep getting better at this. I think that's a great point, And that really is for any industry. It's not digital ag. It's not digital construction. It's not digital whatever. It's ag construction because everybody is having to become digital these days. That That is a fantastic point. Yeah, and I think um, our owner, Sonny Beck, um, will tell you, I think it's called Packer's Law, that um, if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance a lot less. <laughs> you know? And so that's something that you have to keep in the back of your mind. The other thing that really resonates with us um, is that the only true competitive advantage is the ability to change faster than your competition. So, you know, when we look at things here at Bex Hybrids, you know, our competitors here are the global chemical companies that have lots of resources and lots of people. So we have to know our customer. We have to know what they what they need, not necessarily sometimes what they want. And then we have to be able to innovate faster than our competition. And that's kind of the secret sauce. So Brad, I, I always like to wrap up by asking the, the guests, what's the one question that I didn't ask that I should have? I'll just tell you, Jeff, I appreciate the opportunity to, to expose um, as many people as we can to agriculture. You know, agriculture is still a very vibrant, very booming economy. It, it is the lifeblood of a lot of rural America. And one of the challenges and one of the things that I like to do is, number one, expose as many people as I can to it. Um, and then also show people how high tech it is. And so when you drive by a farm, know that there's there's probably more technology on that farm than you have in your office building. The farm of today is very much advanced. Um, these are users of a lot of cloud products. They're users of IoT, machine learning. These are extremely modern and advanced businesses. And so I think that is, it's, it's great to have this opportunity to expose as many people as, as we can to the great things going on in agriculture. How about rural broadband? Yeah, so rural broadband continues to be um, a challenge for us. And so it's something that we're involved in at the um, both the or 
at the local, the state, and the federal level. Um, and so we're uh, very excited about some of the opportunities that are coming up here in Indiana. The USDA is uh, looking at a lot of interesting federal programs. One of the things that can be frustrating for us uh, is as we look at traditional telco, we don't see a lot of innovation going on there. We see a lot of innovation with local independent telcos. Uh, we see a lot of fiber to the home projects. Uh, we see a lot of people delivering that value to our growers. And you know, edge edge computing is you know an an up and coming thing. We it's not quite arrived yet. So a lot of the services that we deliver as a company to the farm is done via a SaaS application. Uh, for example, on my own family farm, you know, our accounting is online, payroll is online, we put our feed orders in online. Uh, we do remote surveillance. My barn control system is all available online. We're um, a 365 shop. We're using OneDrive. So everything we do is online. And that is how our input providers are also communicating with us. So the need for rural broadband is real. Um, and so we look forward to a lot of conversations. Uh, it's a difficult thing to tackle. Every region, every state is different. But what we have really found with rural broadband, it's about bringing together local stakeholders and basically saying, here's your county um, and your local officials. Here's your, you know, your wireless ISPs, your independent fiber companies, bring them to the table and coming up with these local uh, county multi county plans about how you can deliver this. Um, I this, this is not a popular opinion, but I don't think it's so much about the money. Most uh, progressive farmers that I talk to, it's not about the cost. It's purely about access and bringing consumers and businesses together to solve this, to help solve this problem. I, I think that's a, a great point that uh, access is key in this age of digital you experience it in the rural areas. There's there's urban deserts where folks don't have appropriate access to connectivity and technology. And I know there's a lot of uh, people trying to address that at all different levels of, of government and industry. So uh, I think that is a fantastic point. Brad, I really appreciate you being on our show today. This has been a great conversation as I knew it would be. Uh, just a couple of points that that I jotted down as uh, takeaways for our audience. It's uh, it's about driving value to the customer, and if you can do that as an IT leader, if you can show that you're driving that value to the customer, you will get that seat at the table. And, and one of the things that I, I liked about what Brad said was when when uh, the commodity markets contracted, they were forced to really show the value even more than normal to show that value uh, because uh, there wasn't a lot of money to go around at that point. And then uh, the point that Brad made about you need a mix of people, some that know the problem and live the problem, but also some that maybe haven't seen it before are the first time on the farm and they come in with open eyes and open ideas of how to solve a particular problem. Uh, and then that the point about digital agriculture is no longer digital agriculture, it's agriculture, that everybody is adopting this or they will fade away. And I think that holds true to every single industry that uh, people represent that are listening. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, go to intervision.com. 
The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Brad Fruth. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. Until next time.